everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose it's 2024. Oh my god, I'm still doing this, and I still don't know when the next episode is. How's it going, everybody? This is a big five game review show, and there's so much news to get into as well. This is a heavy, stacked, packed episode. So let's get started by uh, talking about the biggest news of the year before we crashed and burned. Amayambi Alec is out as host of Jeopardy in favor just Ken Jennings, but they're still opening the door for her to do maybe the college tournament or Celebrity Jeopardy when it's on ABC. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ken Jennings, still a good host and still a good fit for Jeopardy because the Jeopardy diehards know who Ken Jennings is. And in, in the vague existence, you know who Ken Jennings is because... In the night, in like the 2000s, he was Mr. Jeopardy because of his big streak. And he has grown in the last three years to build a persona that I think fits the show, but isn't quite Alex, but still has little nodes of Alex. So for me, I'm excited to see what happens with Ken Jennings. Does he get FMV Ken Jennings in future PC games? Who, who knows? I want to see a a I want to see a Ken Jennings video game <laughs> because of this. I'm so used to seeing Trebek in like Genesis and PS2. So I want to see like one for Ken. That's my hope for the future. Uh, additionally, uh, speaking of Jeopardy, Jeopardy has made its way across the pond over to the UK, hosted by one Stephen Fry, and here's Jordan to review. the Dock 10 Studios at Media City in Salford. This is Jeopardy! So Jeopardy debuted in the UK, uh, hosted by Stephen Fry. Now, this is not the first time Jeopardy was in the UK. There was one version in the 80s and then another attempt in the 90s. Uh, both of these were at its kind of peak of when Jeopardy was modern Jeopardy in terms of the reboot. Uh, however... I will say that uh, this version of Jeopardy is a little bit different in the sense that it's kind of trying to expand to like an hour-long production. It's not like Celebrity Jeopardy where there's single, double, triple, and then final. It goes single, single, double, final. And it's still six clues with five values, but the values aren't like one, two, three, four, five as were typical here in America, where it used to be 100, 200, 300, 405. Now two, four, six, eight, a thousand, and then four, eight, twelve, sixteen, two thousand. Now it is a weird value of twenty-five, fifty, seventy-five, one hundred, and then one fifty, and then it doubles in double jeopardy to fifty, one hundred, one fifty, two hundred, and three hundred. It still plays like Jeopardy. You have to phrase your answers from a question: Who is? What is? But the thing is, though, here here's the thing. It's Jeopardy. The, the, the quick review is it's just Jeopardy. I, it's fun. I, I, I still love Jeopardy. The score is equal to that of American Jeopardy with Ken Jennings. To me, that's exactly equal on par two. It's not the best game show in the world. It's not the worst game show in the world. But it's a fun little quiz that I like to watch. And this show is a fun little quiz that I like to watch. Now, <clears throat> here here's the little uh, uh, thing. Um... 
it's an hour long, so the pacing's a little slow compared to our version of Jeopardy, because it's a half-hour show, there's two rounds of play, and this is three rounds in an hour. There's already, like, about one and a half. So what they decided to do for padding is do the anecdote, that Mayambialic anecdote, um, but with Stephen Fry. Now, the thing is, Mayambialic obviously is reading a cue card. With Stephen Fry, it sounds at least like he knows what he's talking about. There is some sort of prim and proper awareness to his uh, his trivia knowledge. Uh, so, so in case of Jeopardy, I think he's the best fit for the show. He's the best presenter you can give for a show like this in the UK. And it's the it's tried and true to Jeopardy here in America. So as an American who watches the British version, I'm enthralled. The, the target audience, I think, is Americans who watch British game shows and Brits who watch American game shows. If there's, there's that, like, that little small target audience. If, if that's you, people like me, then Jeopardy is for you. But I don't know how to feel about Jeopardy just as the mere concept of a game show in Britain. Not because, oh, I don't like it and all this. For starters, it's going through that paces, it's going to be very slow even to the British audience, even though it's on track with other game shows like The Wheel, Tipping Point. You can kind of make the case for the chase when they do the chase round. Um, not not Final Chase or Cash Builder. I mean, like that little move one step ahead. Uh, so for me... It, it's not the pacing. I think it's just the thing that's throwing people off is Brents aren't used to the who is what is and they don't understand why because the American quiz show scandals are the American quiz show scandals. They're not British quiz show scandals. So it, it becomes a little bit of mess. And I think Stephen did say it best. You have to pick it up to understand it. The questions are answers are clues. And the answers are questions, are responses. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a fun little format, and it feels like Stephen Fry is real enthusiastic about this game. It sounds to me like this is like a perfect kind of match made in heaven, but it's going to be what does the mainline British public think of the show? And that's going to be the same as what Americans usually think of Jeopardy. I, it is an institution as far as a quiz show here is in America, but for a lot of Americans, they think Jeopardy's a really difficult quiz, and they don't get half the stuff when there's a wordplay category or an anagram category or something where the answers all begin with this or sounds like this or is a name of this, which is stuff that Jeopardy in the UK have already done within its first few episodes. So... For me, it's trying to the Jeopardy, but you're going to get lost because it's no longer Ken, I want uh, history for 400, who is Magellan, history again for 1200. It, it doesn't do that anymore. It is going to be more like history for 50. The fun thing about Magellan is the Magellan straight, da, 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 da. go on, pick again. Uh, history for 75. Like, that's how it's going. It's, plus, there's already a shit ton of quiz shows in, in Britain. You have your, you have your university challenge. You have the chase. You have eggheads. You have, uh, um, you can say, I guess, the wheel, but that's a prime time. 
you have Tipping Point, you have Tenable, you have Only Connect, you have House of Games, you have uh, Mastermind, which I think is one of those shows that's like, that should be here, but we've already tried that with uh, Two Minute Drill. There's ways you can do this kind of game show. I, I don't know how Jeopardy would land in, this, in the UK necessarily. Uh, for me, though, I'm all on board of Thumbs Up, one of the best game shows that got imported. Usually, a lot of imports end up being terrible, especially when it's an American to the UK. Usually, the reverse happens, and we end up with a different uh, graphic package and all sorts of weird shit. Uh, here, it's faithful. There's the theme tune. There's the do-do-do-do-do. All that stuff is there. And Stephen Fry is an amazing host. So, again, I'm going to repeat myself a second time here. It's faithful to the show. There's no blanks other than I wish it was single, double, triple. But single, single, double still is okay. Um, I just wish it was either faster or if it was more money. Which is like, to me, I hate that because I hate to say, I hate to blame a lot of shows on budget. Because to me, I feel like, man, if this show had more money, think about what it could do. Because uh, that's usually the case with most game shows. But in the case of Jeopardy, single, single, double still works because they're kind of making 2,000, 3,000, sometimes 5,000 pounds, which I think is kind of their target to go with because they're assuming with returning champions, they can get 10,000 or 20,000, which is kind of in the ballpark of the ITV figure for a prize game show in daytime. These are daytime figures for a daytime game show, so they're not going to be the mega tens of thousands of dollars there in the US version, but it's close. And it's it's honestly not that terrible in the grand scheme of things. I think for American audiences, they're going to think the show is very slow because they're so used to a fast pace. And then if you are a British audience, there's still a bit of a slow pace because you're so used to the chase being on at the same time. So it's kind of a catch-22 there. However, I think the clues are perfect. I think the games are fun. Steven's a fantastic host. So everything there is, like, perfect. I feel like it's the I'm, I'm against the, 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 the flow of traffic here. I'm, I'm against the... I'm the controversial opinion of this is good, and it's a good show. The only fault for Jeopardy is that there are already, like, dozens of quiz shows already on British television because Britain is a very big, quizzical, trivia-based uh, show. And a lot of their game shows are trivia. So, here and there. But what I'm curious about is if it gets picked up, will they do a tournament of champions? Will they do a champion of champions? What, what, where's the game plan going to be in the future? I do, however, think this is a steady format. I think it's worth watching a couple of episodes, even if you find it slow, um, because it's not quite Jeopardy American style. It's not quite the old UK version of Jeopardy. This is kind of the Stephen Fry QI version of Jeopardy, where we're playing Jeopardy, and then we're going to stop for a fun fact, and we're going to play again, stop, and have a fun fact, and keep going. And then if we run out of time... We can cut out the fun facts and just keep moving along. Uh, which I find surprising about this show is that the uh, Let's Meet the Contestants part is very fucking quick. To me, I was thinking that was going to be the part that's going to be the extended part of Jeopardy! UK. Because it's almost like 
a known like thing if uk game shows the get to know the contestants part is like eight minutes of a show or 12 minutes of a show it takes up more of the show than the game sometimes uh so it was funny that they, they it kind of had that jeopardy speediness of yeah once i i i, I went to asda and i i got my wallet stolen oh that's fantastic okay <laughs> like that's how it goes but uh, Jeopardy UK is definitely worth a watch if you can find the means. I was through a VPN, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Jeopardy fans who will try and import that <laughs> so everybody can watch. It's a fantastic little format, fantastic little show. I do give uh, applause to the production house. The only flaws I can think of is, one, the values, but that's just, eh. And two... Yes, the pacing, but I think it's okay. It's not, like, the biggest inconvenience. And three, there's already a shit ton of quiz shows on, on British television. I don't know how to really feel uh, having that there. But I, I'm excited. It's great. And I think for a Jeopardy fan, no matter what the country is, especially an English-speaking one, as long as it's accessible and you can kind of understand what they're going for, it makes for a fantastic show. So for me, thumbs up. Let's give it a go. Give it a watch. Check out Jeopardy in the UK. Uh, Jeopardy in the UK. And there's your fucking Sex Pistols joke. I was saving up for a full year when I got the announcement they were doing a Jeopardy UK. I was going to do a whole song and dance number. Jeopardy in the UK. They got the answers and I got the questions and it's not the categories in the day. And that Stephen Fry, he is all just okay. Hey, hey. I don't have the singing voice today, but I assume I did a full-blown song and dance number for Jeopardy UK, and that's what you would have gotten. So let's just imagine. Shall we? We'll just imagine. Next, Password returned. Uh, Kiki Palmer is uh, one, the Creative Arts Emmy, for Best Game Show Host. Uh, but Season 2 is still not there because they're doing America's Got Talent Fantasy League. The voice, but America's Got Talent. Yeah. That's exciting. Also, the trailer for um, um, Deal or No Deal Island came out, and it kind of surprised me as to what it was. I was thinking it was all, oh no, snakes and spiders, and it feels like they're actually trying to have a competition show with just Deal or No Deal as kind of like the elimination element slash bonus round which I think is okay when you consider the original premise for Money Island was most money survives, and it, it's interesting. Um, kind of like a Moolah Beach revival. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's fine. Uh, Kiki Palmer Season 2 has Shoot the Moon. You do a one-off. If you're right, you get uh, double points. There's also a category in Round 2 when they switch. Otherwise, it's same old password. I, the thing is, though, she's doing like the thinking face as kind of like her trademark now, and I, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, but there's a brand new game show in town on Fox. It's called The Floor. Let's take a look. I'm Rob Lowe, and this is The Floor. 
81 players will take their place on this 9x9 field of battle, each with their own trivia expertise. My category is wild animals. Cereal. Puppies. The game is simple. When a player is selected, they must challenge a neighbor. Bring it on. In their field of expertise. They will go head to head in a time trivia duel. An otoscope. Centipede. Point of scissors. Pass. Oh, oh. <laughs> the winner takes control of their opponent's floor. Let's light it up. The loser goes home. You can run, but you can't hide. We've assembled a cast of cunning contestants. You better hope I don't come for you. What if we did famous sidekicks? What if we did? Ready to rival their fellow experts. Is that an official choice? Yeah, I think it is. Famous sidekicks! To stand their ground, <laughs> only those with knowledge Nerd! and nerves of steel will survive. Wow, that was intense. You act like I can't handle it. Oh my God! <laughs> but in the end, only one can conquer it all. Do not look me in the eye. And win the $250,000. If they conquer the floor. The floor is a international format sensation created by John the Mole uh, over in the Netherlands in which basically 100 people, in this case 81 for America, would go head-to-head -head in a picture duel. Now, picture duels and battle royales are two of the big formats that came out last year. Battle royales, probably because of success of Fortnite and uh, all these kind of new battle royale-style game shows. I'm surprised 1 versus 100 isn't out, but, you know, 1% Club is available. Uh, you also have Physical 100, that, that kind of style of uh, a battle royale. I mean, there's Squid Games, too. Uh, but there's also picture what I call flashcard quizzes, you see a picture of a banana, you say banana. Uh, those come in many forms too, uh, but most of them have already kind of jumped the gun in the UK uh, with the success of Picture Slam and In With a Shout. Now, this is kind of some and all of those at the same time. So the fastest way to describe the show 81 squares in a nine by nine grid someone gets randomly chosen by a bloop 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 and they get to become the hero of the story they get to challenge anyone who's adjacent to them kind of like nick arcade rules up down left or right if they're on the edge they're out of luck uh if they go up and challenge somebody it's in this area of their expertise because every contestant has an area of expertise like game shows or fruit or 80s movies it, it doesn't matter they see a photo they see a title and they have to fill in the blank or they have to see a photo of a celebrity name a celebrity fill in the blank of this t of this novel etc etc and it goes back and forth kind of like um grand slam kind of like uh <clears throat> Uh, beat the chasers it's a chess clock format it's a chess clock quiz now unlike a lot of these uh, chess clock quizzes passing is an option but pa passing stop uh, makes you lose three seconds and instead of just let's deduct three seconds and go through the next question they freeze the photo and still go through your chess clock of three seconds with three two one new image and it goes back and forth and back and forth Whoever runs out the clock first is out of the game, and whoever wins takes over their entire, uh, I would say, the, 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 the territory is the best way to describe it. They get their claim. So if you have one square and I take yours, it's two. I go for another, that's three. I go for four and I lose. 
whoever I just lost to takes over all of my squares because I'm out of the game and they now have four. So this is a game show that there is a little golden snitch of you could be the one person they haven't chosen and defeat the person that has like a good chunk of the territories and win the game. It, it, it's not necessarily about the streak as much as winning the floor. Now, there is a couple of caveats to the show. One, if you freeze, you can take a break. We randomly select somebody else, and they go through their own journey. Whoever acquires the most squares in an episode uh, will get $20,000 no matter what. So there's not just one person will win a quarter million. There's little bonuses along the way. Second thing is, Whoever is the last one standing and clears the floor, as I'm putting in air quotes, will win a quarter million dollars. That's the Jordan jackpot. Quarter million's like the perfect middling amount. It's like a huge cash prize, but not like break the bank millions. So I think that's a very fair price point to have. The game show, however, is very straightforward. Randomizer, battle royale, picture quiz, chess clock. Those are like the four game mechanics in the game. Rob Lowe does not ask any questions whatsoever. He's there to basically say, who do you want on the floor? You have this, 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 and this. Let's get to meet your opponent. Hey, that's cool. Anyway, you're going to start. Let's battle. Three, two, one, go. And then, oh, that was a great battle. So close. Will you take over the floor? Let's light it up. And that's it. That's it. That's his, that's his job. Now, I, that, I, I'm not like upset by that. It is a fun show. I found myself in playing along with a lot of the questions, which I don't normally do in a quiz show, which I think was the kind of the appeal for the flashcard quiz concept. Uh, however, for some of them, they the, the, here's the thing. The rules stay that if you say a wrong answer, you're not penalized. So you can just keep saying anything. And in the first episode that came out, no one kind of just kept going, except for one contestant, going through the list. So, like, if it was something like U.S. presidents, you, you, Washington, Madison, Adams, T Jefferson, it, and just kept going from there and just bounced back and forth. A lot of them just go, one, pass, and then take it, oh, no, it was a this. Um, <clears throat> however, it is an enthusiastic quiz. It does be repetitive. It is a very repetitive game show. Now, other countries, that's on for two fucking hours. That's on for 90 fucking minutes. This is a 44 slash hour long game show. And it still feels a little too repetitive for the game. Rob Lowe is an okay host. I think Rob Lowe is Rob Lowe. He's, he's the guy, Rob Lowe. Wear the NFL hat. And it's still an enthusiastic quiz show. However, I... There's a few pet peeves I have. One is they obviously do the reality show confessional scenes, but that's like just a minor irritation. Two, the set. A lot of the other countries have a more brighter set. It's more of like there's a wall of, t of LED lights or a wall of televisions Something that doesn't make it look like... I know they're aiming for Tron. It's supposed to be a fucking Tron vector graphic set. But it feels very empty. It feels very... Like, I'm not going to say not fun. I, I, I'm getting tired of sets that just look like blank space. Like, 
It literally, if you just invert it to make it white and you can just crayon draw, it's about the same fucking set you just built. I don't like that. I want more, oh, that's interesting. T-bars, maybe have a, if it's a grid, have a fucking like fucking plastic grid on the floor and then a grid on the wall. So it's like, oh wow, a grid. not just on a fucking TV screen. I get why, but it, there's a, also the blocking on the screens on the side on the set just look ugly. And then there's an audience and they don't really have a good view of the set. They just have a view of the grid itself, that little floor. So they can't really play along either with, oh wow, how close. There's no like interesting thing for the audience in the studio to play along with. There's nothing in the set that makes it look amazing other than an LED disco floor with people's specialized subjects and it sometimes turns into lava to show how much it's lit up. The, I mean, the set is like the worst part of the, the of the of the floor. The second part is booking of the contestants. Some of them, I don't feel like they know their expert subjects. I think they were kind of pushed in all things serious. Like maybe they said my specialized subject should be '80s movies, and the casting people went, "Yeah, but we already have an '80s movies guy. You know, your husband is a mechanic. Why not a Cars?" But that's not my spe. But it cars. It gives you a good backstory. That's what it feels like. They, they kind of went with on the floor, uh, which I don't know is very fair. That to me is why it's like I don't think that's really fair because someone might be an actual expertise in their subject, and others just kind of got forced into a bad subject in their quiz. And then of course because one person got randomized, whatever is their specialized subject gets carried over. So when someone freezes or gets eliminated. Uh, that carries over. So now, uh, oh, my specialized subject was horror movies, but I never got to play it, but I got eliminated. So-and-so is taking a break with my eight squares. Now his specialized subject is no longer uh, toys, because we just did the toys category. It's horror movies. So when someone goes to the grid, or sorry, the floor, and uh, hits uh, the contestant, because it's all adjacent, you have to play an adjacent person, and he has a big space, so there's a lot more... A floor up for grabs and a much more, a big, uh, basically target on your back. Uh, he has to play in horror movies now, which becomes a bit more fun. Uh, so I think that is also a very clever part of the show. Um, but here's the thing. Here, here, the, this is the one game show where it's like, I think it, you this could actually work better. Half an hour. Like, Th two three or four quizzes a day and you make that like a monthly game show like four five days a week for four weeks they so have like 20 episodes because i think it's 10 episodes for this show you half it to 20 and you make it so if you win a duel you get a thousand dollars no matter what and then if you win the floor like you conquered the floor you win a hundred thousand dollars that's right for the first time ever, I think you can lower the budget. You don't need a quarter million. And this is my jackpot. If you make it a half-hour show for $1,000 guaranteed and $100,000 for clearing the floor, it's less than the quarter million being offered. At best, $180,000 if you really do very, very well, which will not happen. But that is 
a less prize budget for more episodes. And I think because it's only three or four quizzes, it's faster paced that you feel like, oh, I can just get in, get out, move on. And if you're like one of the diehards who watches the full month, you get to see everything. And then if you're just watching casually, you still can play along because it's just the quick fire quiz. To me, I think that is what would make uh, Floor a much better game show, at least here in the States, is if it's truncated to half an hour and it's uh, more episodes and more faster pace in that regard. But that being said, it's still a fun show. I, I, I think the problem is just it's, it's repetitive because you're going through the same thing like eight times. You're on the floor. Here's your categories. Who do you challenge? I challenge them. Okay, let's meet them. Okay, let's go. This is a category about this. You'll be seeing this. You say this. 45 seconds for you. 45 seconds for you. Three, two, one. Boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, burp. Oh, you got eliminated. Let's light it up. You now have two squares. You want to go here, 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 here. We're here now. Oh, I think I'll choose that. Okay, let's go in. Let's meet you again. Three, two, one. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, that was a close one. Let's light it up. That's how it goes. It could be faster. It could be better. But it's not like... I don't hate it. I would say it's a four out of five show. I, I think it's worth watching a couple of episodes. But I think it's mostly going to be like most reality competition shows. You watch the first episode. You watch the last episode. You're not going to watch anything in the middle. But hey, if it's good, let me know. Uh, I'm going to now uh, probably start shouting at random things I see in the house. Picture frame! Garden gloves! Garden gnome! Aspirin! Alright, let's go into some Netflix. Uh, because The Floor is such a fun show. I, I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, so, uh, Big Brother UK has is going to air on Netflix in quite a bit. Uh, I think it's a fun little series. I love Big Brother in the UK. It's always been my guilty pleasure kind of show, so I'm happy to see it over there. At the same time, it's not a new season. I already know Yen Run lost, and God damn it. But, hey, America, enjoy this British version of Big Brother. It's actually better than the competition version, even though I think the competition series is good. I just think if you're going to do that kind of format, it's better to just kind of speed the show along. Um... I think Big Brother, if you're going to do the HOH POV, that's better as like a 21-day kind of show or three-week kind of show or even like one month. Not really a three-month power struggle kind of thing. Um, I kind of like how they handled it with uh, Reindeer Games uh, as far as just a speedy-up Big Brother kind of thing. Additionally... Uh, there's a new show called Trust, A Game of Greed, because they can't call it Greed. I think that's a game show. Uh, and it's... I only watched one episode. I, I So I'm not really fully going to do a review yet. Probably never. Uh, it's fine. It's a lot of morality tests involving money and, do like, Prisoner's Dilemma... It's kind of trying to be like a bit of like rise and fall, kind of trying to be a bit like the traitors. But I just, I, I, I think they need to really focus more on the like cash aspect and the competition aspect than really the, uh, 
I because they're trying to do human interest, but if people are getting fucked over, that doesn't make for a good show. Um, that's just how I feel about it. Um, but that being said, though, it's time for another new uh, game show. It's called We Are Family. Let's take it away. Hey, do you love music guessing games? Fox has another one of those. Really? So, it's not Name That Tune. It's not Don't Forget the Lyrics. It's kind of more like The Masked Singer, but without the masks or the fun. It uh, it might be one of the worst game shows in recent history, but I'm getting ahead of myself. It's called We Are Family. Now, We Are Family is, I would say when I first heard it, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be kind of like a, a, a claim to fame. You're going to see a famous celebrity relative and you got to figure out where they are. Like, like it makes sense in, in theory what the format is. We have a guest show up and then they sing a song and then there's clues. And then they sing another song with a duet with the celebrity guest. And... They do it again. And then there's a final round. It, and they do it again. So there's three celebrities in each episode. It's hosted by Anthony Anderson and Mama Doris. Anthony Anderson is actually an okay host, if you've watched To Tell the Truth on ABC. Mama Doris is a great sidekick, because she always brings these witty one-liners with her. And she's a very likable person, so... Originally, it was going to be Jamie Foxx and Corinne, but I, I'm guessing because of Jamie Foxx's uh, health, unfortunately, uh, he had to bow out. He's still the executive producer, but I will actually go out of my way to say it's actually a good fit to have Anthony Anderson and Mama Doris because it's a family-themed game show. So, I mean, Mama Doris is, of course, the mom of Anthony Anderson. So it, it's very, very fitting to have them be a casted person. Now, Corinne and Jamie Foxx, they're perfect on Beach Shazam, another music guessing game show on Fox. I feel this is kind of taking the Battle Royale aspect that was 1% Club and turning it into a music guessing game, even though it's not a mu music guessing game. It's... It's a little bit more confusing than that. So, there is no penalties for a wrong answer on this show. It's not a Battle Royale format. All 100 people get to go on to the next round regardless. I was surprised too. I thought there would be some sort of stakes involved at least. If you can't get number one, you can't qualify to round two. And round two is the only one that matters because whoever answers it the fastest goes on to the final round, which is for $100,000. So the game is played for $150,000. In round one, it's going to be typically a well-known musician. And it's played for $20,000. Now, it's not whoever's the fastest gets $20,000 or $20,000 each. No, this is playing uh, by, if you're right, you get to split the money like one versus 100. So 30 people got it right, 30 people will split the 20 grand. That's just how it goes. So, hey, if all 100 people get it right, they all get to split... Roughly 200 bucks. Yay. Anyway, so in round one, there's two types of help. First, the person stands alone, 
and there's three clues to the celebrity. Sometimes it's like a wordplay, so like Nicki Minaj because it's Nicki Glazer. Second could be a comedian, so it's like a, a, a funny thing microphone, or it could be something along the lines of something that they worked on. Uh, like, for instance, uh, G, uh, for Joel McHale, he was on the soup, so a can of soup. Uh, things like that end up being the clues. Now, what happens is the, the, the a relative, it could be a cousin, a son, a father, whatever, they sing a song, and maybe it's in relevance to it, but typically not. And the clues are on this like projection screen behind them, which is okay. Uh, it's it's kind of it, 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 the singing is irrelevant. Is basically what I'm trying to get at. There's no the point in the singing part of the show. It's the celebrity guessing game element. In addition, there is no real stakes to the game for a wrong answer. If you're wrong, oh well, you just don't get the the split the twenty thousand, and in round two, you don't get to split the thirty thousand. Now round two, there's only a duet, and that duet is played with a not famous singing voice. Which is your clue. It could be an actor. It could be a someone else. It, it goes from there. Whoever is the fastest to lock in gets to play the bonus game where they're the only one that gets to play. They only have one chance and it, based on the amount of clues that they get is the amount of money they could win or lose. If they get it in one clue, it's 100,000. Two clues, 75,000. Three clues, 50,000. Four clues, 25,000. Five clues, 10,000. If they're wrong with their guess, they lose everything, except for, of course, the money they've made in the front game. God damn. It's... I, I, it's hard to explain why... I, it's not that the game doesn't work or anything. It's It feels like they put so many different things in this one game show that don't fit nor matter. It's a guest a celebrity kind of like the mass Singer. Okay, I, that makes sense. It's Fox. It's the Battle Royale aspect of 100 contestants, but they don't get eliminated for wrong answers. Everybody gets to play. So it, maybe the rule is like if they fail, they're not in contention for the bonus game, but they could still play for the 30,000. They didn't really explain that th like throughout uh the clues are photos on the screen i kind of wish there was more variety i wish there was like physical clues or a video package something like the mass singer or something like game of talents uh, that wayne brady game show during the pandemic you remember right fox had a game of talent show there was like a clue package that had Something like that could have made a lot more sense for a show like this. However, it all is basically being held by Anthony and Mama Doris. And while Anthony is trying his hardest to crowd work, because it's, hey, so-and-so, what did you say? Well, that's not going to happen. They're dead. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really... It, it doesn't just, it doesn't feel right. It does not feel like a, it feels like a half-finished broken game show. This feels like, this is a, a miss. 
uh, in many ways. And I feel bad because I, I think there is a good game show element here. I think if there was a way to make it like 10 contestants or there's you get to meet four players and you just do the same game show, then maybe you have a, a, a show here. But the 100, it just, it doesn't fit, essentially. It, because we don't get to meet all the contestants. I'm unsure at the moment if they just return for episode two and it's just everybody. But it just, it just does not, it, for all the game shows I've seen this week, it's the, it's not the, the singing is okay. There, it's not a competition. So if they sing, it's okay. If they're great singers, that's even better. But most of the time, they're just kind of, I hate to be mean, they're just okay singers. And then having a duet with someone who's maybe would be eliminated on Mass Singer in the first round, it, it just, uh And those are, that's kind of the big hint with, with We Are Families. Most of the casting that they get for the celebrities are most likely going to be the kind of celebrities you would see agree to do the Mass Singer or Pictionary. So maybe Jojo Siwa, maybe Raven Simone, maybe... Uh, 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 John Schneider from Cover Going My Last Season. Um, probably not John Schneider. Uh, <laughs> but you get the idea. It, it's also, as far as a set is concerned, it's okay, but it's a lot of blues. I think the big element is the set piece of the globe. And then it opens, and then it reveals the person. And I think that would be cool if this was the 2000s, and that globe projection thing was a new thing, which it was back then. This is 2024. And it's still cool because of smoke effects, but it just... I think it's all about the reveal aspect of the show. That's the only real point of tension in this game show. And... It's a it's a game show that's like I'm trying to figure out who the target audience is. It's you have to know celebrities, you have to know music, but it's not the mass singer because the mass singer is a competition who's the best singer while playing the who is the celebrity. It's not I can see your voice because it's not challenging who's a good singer, bad singer. It's not Beach Shazam or name that tune because you don't have to guess the songs, you have to guess the celebrities. So it's really trying to go off clues off celebrities and there's this bonus singing element and this bonus hundred contestants element. It's, I wish it was more, if you were going to go a hundred contestants, you should probably have narrowed it down. Uh, what was that uh, pilot that Steve Edwards, uh, pandemonium? Go for a pandemonium kind of thing. Like, hey, you got the first one right. That's a thousand dollars. The next one's for ten thousand. Do you want to stop or do you want to play on? And then the third one is whoever's the fastest can play for a hundred thousand. Something like that would have been more in speed to this show. Uh, however, I just it feels like it. it it, it needed more time to cook. It needed more reasons why certain elements were in there. It Most of it, I would even say, is not the fault of the production house. Normally, I'd be like, we were the production. And, and it's not even like a budgetary standpoint. I think the $100,000 is a decent enough price for the show. It is, simply put, 
I'm confused by the element of why certain pieces were there, and I'm guessing they had a much better format in place, and Fox probably went, yeah, but I'm confused by this, and can we change it to that, and can we change it to... And they had to make the changes, because obviously it's a game show, and they want to get it on board. So I, I, I feel like that is what happened with the show, and that's what's a little disappointing by it. Is it cute? Kind of. I mean, Mama Doris is still funny. Anthony Anderson's still funny. Is it a family game show? It's definitely you can watch with your kids. But the problem is, as is the case with most modern uh, family game shows, the kids aren't really going to know most of the people who are on the screen because a lot of these people were from the 2000s and 90s and 80s and 70s. They're not necessarily YouTube celebrities, and they kind of steer away from that because it's a network show. So it, it, it is a family show. It is family-friendly, kind of. But I, 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 I'm, the most difficult thing for me in this is it's not a show for me, unfortunately, so it's a very low rating for me. It's like a 1.75. It's a fun little show. It's not, like, insulting me. It's not bemeaning to contestants. So it, it, it really just comes down to the format being shit. And the format is essentially, here's some rando singing on stage, and here's some clip art of, like, a chef hat, and here is a, a boxing glove. Can you figure out who it is? It's Emeril Lagasse, because bam! That, that's what we'll have. And that's what makes it so disappointing. Like, I can't put into words how much this show is disappointing. Because I thought, oh, may maybe this will be fun. Because I love new formats. I love when people try new things. This one did nothing for me. And to me, that's what makes it so disappointing and so heartbreaking. I cannot recommend people watch We Are Family, not even for one episode. It simply put is a singing show for padding, a clue game for padding, has 100 people. There's no reason whatsoever other than, hey, we have 100 contestants, isn't that novel? And the jokes that are Mama Doris and Anthony Anderson, they're there, but they're not like, oh, great. Like, it, 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 it could have been so much more, and I feel like a lot of that came down to last-minute recordings and network notes. So... Give it a watch if you like Mass Singer. and I think that's about it. If you were a person who watches the Mass Singer, not for the singing, but for the I want to guess the celebrities, this show is kind of for you. Because you do get vague clues. But it doesn't necessarily mean you'll know everybody because most of the time when you get the clues, I know you guys, you Google... Because you don't remember who was that guy from Bring It On. Like, that's that's what we're dealing with. So, I, unfortunately, it's a pass. Do not watch, unfortunately. It's been... my The last couple of weeks have been great for game shows. Obviously, We Are Family was kind of a stinker, but eh, it's just not for me. I'm pretty sure people will love that show. It's just not my taste, and that's fine. Because uh, we are living in a great world of game shows and reality shows. Now, if We Are Family is not available, guess what? Press Your Luck is new. There's new episodes of Press Your Luck this month. 
And that's my favorite little game show because I love the big bucks. The big 40 is still in play. Can't wait to see what happens. Additionally, on ITV, Limitless Win has returned on Saturdays. The Anton Deck Big Money Guess the Number game is back. And I watched the first episode and apparently someone wins a million pounds in this in this block of episodes. So I guess it can be done. And before that aired, uh, they had The Masked Singer in the UK. And before that aired, they had Wheel of Fortune. That's right. Not just Jeopardy, but Wheel of Fortune. So I'm a little excited about that. So uh, here is my review of the British version of Wheel of Fortune with Graham Norton. Hey, in addition to Jeopardy being out in the UK, Wheel of Fortune made its debut as a Saturday primetime game show hosted by Graham Norton. It is on the same network, ITV, and it has a bigger budget than it used to have. When I watched Wheel of Fortune as a kid, of course, I'm always used to pass Ajax Van White, but I saw on YouTube uh, the British UK do 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 and it's played for points, not money. And when you solve the puzzle, you win one of three prizes. It was cheap as shit. And then only when you play like the bonus game could you win a thousand pounds. And it's like, well, that was it for a bunch of torture. And the thing was, that was all the way up to like the 2000s. I think Bradley Walsh was the last host of that show, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not going to do the fucking research. I'm just guessing here. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not going to fucking bother. Uh, so anyway, they brought it back with Graham Norton. And this version is more like the American edition. However, there's an audience that seems happy to be there. And Graham Norton seems enthusiastic to be there. The wheel itself lights up. So it's like, it, it, it kind of has that throwback to their version of wheel, which is that light up wheel, which I think is still fucking cool. And the values, well, ours is like 500 to $900 and some variants of 500, 550, 600, 650, 700, 750. Theirs is a variant between, I think, 100 to literally at like 2,000 pounds. The, the random values are anywhere between like 100 to I think 500 was it once I saw and it just like in $50 increments. So unlike our version of wheel of fortune, there's more variety to the spaces. Sometimes it's 200. Sometimes it's 300. Sometimes it's 350. And it makes for a more interesting fucking show. It plays exactly like wheel of fortune here. You spin, you call the letter. If it's there, they turn it. There's no Vanna by the way, which is kind of weird, but it's, it's fine. And they throw money, like shitloads of money in this hour. The the toss-ups are 500 pounds a piece. The uh, puzzles are kind of relatively enough that you can get a lot of letters. So you can see somewhat between 3,000 and 5,000 pounds in one round, which is kind of weird because you consider our American version is like 1,000 to... 3,000, and that's not including the prize puzzle. And there's prize puzzles in this. They have brought the worst gimmick in our version, the prize puzzle, on board. But the weird thing is, it's not game-breaky. There is no jackpot round. There is no express. It, it's just 
straightforward Wheel of Fortune. The only twist is in two parts. One, when it gets to the final spins, the £2,000 is in that bankrupt million-dollar wedge bankrupt, or 10000 if you remember the 90s. Uh, and a lot of the time they do triple toss-ups to try and counteract, so it's a lot of on the buzzers. There, it, the puzzles themselves are more riddles, which I thought was really clever, and I kind of like that because that is kind of what they do in France and Italy and other foreign versions of Wheel of Fortune instead of the American. We're looking for a before and after. It's a, it's a living thing. What are you doing? Like, it, 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 so there's a little bit more umph to the show. They still do the pick your three categories if you're wrong. When you win the game, spin the final wheel. They have that fucking wheel, by the way, which I thought was really cool. The bonus spin wheel. They walk onto the set, R-S-T-L-N-E, and they go through all of the roll. It's still Wheel of Fortune, which I thought was very fun. They have the sound effects that do, 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 do. All of the things that make Wheel of Fortune America wheel, they put there. But there's British contestants and British prizes and British pop culture. And there's more comedy in forms of Graham Norton. And that's about it. There's really, like, while Jeopardy with, with Stephen Fry, they have more padding. They have to slow it down because here's some fun facts. They kind of really want to get the puzzle solved within like four minutes. Graham does a little quip, and then we move on to the next puzzle, cut to commercial. Hey, when we look, a thousand pounds on the wheel. Whoa! Like, that's how it goes. And I do think it's really, it's a really interesting way to look at Wheel of Fortune, especially when you see the way it was back in the 80s and 90s. It's definitely a big oomph. And the set and the look of it in the UK is a lot better than the way we have it here. There's, it's still, a, it's slightly still an empty void, but it's only like on the off edges that it's there. Otherwise, you're really seeing, you're seeing an LED screen, you're seeing the audience instead of the, what do we have? We have like, unless it's a really cool set piece, which I, I think that's the one thing I want to really give credit to Wheel of Fortune in America. Whoever does the set design on the gimmick weeks, like Great Outdoors or like the the beach week where it looks like a sandy beach, those are fantastic sets. I love that in our, in our game shows. This is like a great default Wheel of Fortune set in a way that I find very endearing and one that I'm like, I wish we had that, which we don't. Uh, so in conclusion, uh, I will say it's a very quick review. If you like Wheel of Fortune, you're going to like this one. It's basically like Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Funny puzzles, enthusiastic funny contestants. This, it's, certain things aren't the same, like the wheel's a little smaller, the lights are a little different, the font's a little changing here and there. But it's still very quirky, still very fun. There's still a lot of play along. And yes, it still has the big problem of regular Wheel of Fortune, whereas as soon as you know the puzzle, you have to wait till they solve the puzzle. And it's not because, oh, I want to solve it quickly. It's because obviously they want more money. It gets there. There's prices on the wheel that aren't just trips. That's a fantastic switch up. 
They give away things that aren't trips. That's all I want. So, in many ways, this is a vast improvement over Wheel of Fortune in America. In many ways, it also drags on very long because of the triple toss-ups, because of we're going through like seven puzzles. But it keeps some elements of their version alive. It keeps a, a new twist in it based on other countries' formats. It has the sound package and font library that comes from us. I think it's a faithful reboot. I found it very enjoyable. But who's to say it will last? Because I think it, it, it's going to be like a Jeopardy in, with the UK. It's going to be like, well, it's too different or it's too like this. I don't get it. But I had fun. Is it like catchphrase? Kind of. Uh, it's ITV. And I'm always glad when someone tries a new luck at a game show. So please check out Wheel of Fortune or as they call it Wheel of Fortune uh, on ITV. It's re it's really good, really good. I to me, it's brought a big smile to my face. I think having that bonus, like the the prize puzzle thing, be like the midpoint bonus game with the RSTLNE, was a smart choice. It makes the show a lot faster. It feels like you're watching two games. Uh, the money values, it's fine. Uh, it, it's about like nine different values between 100, 400, and then the 500 to 750 to 1,000 to 2,000. But it's fun. I love the puzzle categories, and I love the way it handles. I think it's still weird not seeing Vanna, but it speeds the game along instead of waiting for somebody to touch the screen, so I could see why they did that. Uh, so I do recommend people check out Wheel of Fortune. I think it's going it, it, to, it's interesting as far as a British attempt at Wheel of Fortune, because they've already done a couple. But this one, I think, nails it, and it's one of my uh, new favorite reboots. I don't know if it's going to be part of my top five later this year, but it's a thumbs up kind of show. <clears throat> uh, additionally, uh, House of Games has returned. Only Connect is in its finale. But I want to take the time to talk about two reality shows that I fell in love with that have returned. Uh, the Mole is back. Uh, the Rick Jivek version uh, is, is, I think, the Belgi, which is the OG, the Mole, uh, is set in Mexico City. And they had a Day of the Dead kind of challenge. It's great. Holy shit. I love it. There's a fortune teller character. It has great cinematography. And great little morality quest that just make me just love that show. I, I think if you can find it on YouTube, subtitled, you'll love it. Because it, it seriously is the best version of The Mole. Better than the American version. Uh, shout out to Rally TV Warriors for uh, sharing their views with me all, all over these years. Uh, keep checking out their podcast. Um, my favorite is Logan. Uh, and... Also, it's it's just a a, a, a a fantastic competition. And like the challenges and missions make sense as far as the possible ways to sabotage trust exercise kind of things. And they had a Frida themed challenge with art and self-expression that I thought was one of the greatest like new challenges out there was you have to paint this Frida piece and replicate it but it's attention to detail, like a pink bow, no unibrow, etc. And then someone else has to play a game to unlock the, the paintings. And then with that, 
you, you can you'll have to figure out which ones work because they're all duplicates. It's so fun. I, I to me, it that's what makes the show great. Uh, additionally, uh, <clears throat> over in the UK, the the Traitors series two is out. Claudia Winkleman is just I much like Davina McCall on Big Brother. Just there's that one presenter you just go yeah, and you just want to be their friend, and Claudia is that. I think she is a perfect host for a perfect show, and this is a great reality show. When first season struck of The Traders, I was like, well, what's the point of the fucking challenges? Because it just builds the bank, and there's really nothing to it. But the producers either listen to me or pros likely most other people, and they've actually made the challenges better because now there's ways to sabotage for a shield for protection against a murder, which makes it great. And then later, don't tell anybody, there's ways to sabotage the challenge so you get an even bigger advantage. But that just that's for a letter that's for a later date. To me, the traitors is a great werewolf mole kind of series. And if the devil's plan doesn't get a series two, the traitors has kind of amplified that to be kind of like the mole. The Mole and the Traders are two of my favorite little reality shows that are around the world. We try them here. They're just kind of okay. Alan Cummings great, but I think we're too focused on reality TV stars to care. Kind of like how on Deal or No Deal Island, Boston Rob and Claudia Jordan are there. It just, it's stunt casting. I'm okay with stunt casting. I guess you can have the Real Housewives because Peacock and Bravo and all that, but it just feels better when it's regulars and the traders in the uk does regulars and i think that's the direction to go you got to make these new people the stars of that reality show and not just someone from somebody else because just like the chase when you have like a jeopardy expert you're, you're now you're in the watered down format you're not there because oh that's great you're there because oh that's just like where rejects from jeopardy go like on Eggheads in the UK. Oh, that's where millionaire contestants go. There's better ways to do that. And I think that Chase has kind of mastered that in a way. But uh, I'm digressing. Uh, finally, uh, GSN has a brand new game show. Oh, God. It's called Blank Slate. GSN has a brand new game show called Blank Slate. It came out uh, this week, the 8th. It's a GSN game show. So, it follows every color by numbers part of a GSN game show. A single, a double, a bullshit catch-up, and a winner gets a thousand to play for ten thousand. This time around, Blank Slate is based off a board game called Blank Slate, which is similar to Match Game. Now, the board game I own, it's more of like the bonus match game, that super match, that blank pasta situation. The, the board game is fun. I, I would say it's uh, it's a good, like, it's kind of like a, it, I hate to say it's match game, because I think it, that's going to be everyone's opinion of this show is it's match game, especially the prompts and everything given to it. But it's more like a mind meld kind of show, at least the board game anyway. It's hosted by Mario Lopez, who is no stranger to game shows. He's hosted uh, Masters of the Maze on the Family Channel, for instance. Now, uh, here's how the game works. There's two teams, uh, two people, and a comedian. 
and, and these aren't really like I'm not going to say the big name comedians. This is kind of like first to second to third year stand up acts. The perfect people who do comedy podcasts. Uh, anyway, uh, what happens is it, they play essentially the original variant of match game plus the bonus of a super match situation. So there's two and then a comedian versus two and a comedian. In round one, there's a prompt and it's exactly like fucking match game. Uh, you know, hey, the electrician came in and said we ran out of light bulbs is a blank okay like something like that <clears throat> and then they all have to write down an answer if there is one match as in a friend with friend or a friend with comedian they get 100 points if all three match all together that's worth 300 points as in 100 plus 200 or 100 plus 100 plus 100 bonus whatever you want to say and then if it matches the most popular answer by america like America says, or hey, Yahoo, they get a bonus 100 points, making every question worth 400 points. This is repeated four times in round one, so up to 800 points. It's silly, but it's not really like... It, 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 it's not at the point of the match game you're saying tits and butt and sex and fuck. This is more like mashed potatoes and blank kind of prompts or uh, <clears throat> I, I like to dip my soup in blank things like that <clears throat> uh, so it, it is somewhat funny but not full match game which I guess is more family friendly so hey kids you could probably watch this in round two you guessed it the values are double also the uh, celebrity air quotes, comedians uh, switch seats, kind of like Pyramid. So now player one's on player two, on team two, and player two is on team three. And we keep going from there. 200 per match, 600 of all three, 200 bonus on the America top answer. And we go from there again with another two prompts. Then we go into round three. The bullshit ketchup round. In bullshit ketchup round, it's called double blanks. And there's only one prompt for each person. But with each of those prompts, it's worth 300. Meaning you can pretty much win the game as each prompt can get you 300 if you match one. 900 if you match all three. Plus, at the bonus 300, times two. Which means 1,800 points. Pretty much the entire amount of points per the show whoever has the most points after round three wins one thousand dollars and goes on to play for ten thousand dollars <sighs> in round three the trailing team or if it's a tie a flip of a coin gets to choose their team captain based on how they performed in the first two rounds when we go into the bonus round uh both of the so the comedians play the bonus game with them. There's four categories like movies and family and animals, things like that. <clears throat> and they get to go through all four of them. Here's how it's going to work. They pick the category. They get the blank. They write down the blank. The two comedians write down a blank. 
and then you pick the comedian you want to match with. If it's a match, you get a check. If it's not, you get an X. If you match three out of four, you win $10,000. Anything else and you lose. That's that's it. It's straightforward. Um, so far, I would say the game is fine. I wouldn't say, oh God, go out of your way to watch it, but the truth of the matter is it's, it's, it's a GSN game show. Obviously, this is what most of those shows are like these days. And I just, I just get tired. <laughs> you just get tired of those. I mean, it, the thing is, though, it has that GSN playability, which works in its favor. I don't think Mario is really the best host for the job. No, I like Mario Lopez. I, I think he's a good enough guy. He's a funny host. But I would put him with like either a pop culture show or or something where it is more a chatty. I wouldn't put him with blank slate. I would want him with more of like a like um like if they rebooted dating game again. I would rather have Mario than Zoe De Chanel. Um, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> like the, the set is still LED lights. It feels like they kind of reused a bit of America says in the set as well. Um, however, I do love the, the graphic design. I will give one big compliment. They didn't do black, shiny floor. It doesn't look dark. It looks more like a bright white purple, which I kind of like. I kind of like that. That If you're going to do like a cheap game show, go brighter, go happier. It doesn't have because black to me means prime time and serious. And if this is supposed to be lighthearted and fun, I like the set. And I think for Blank Slate, it's a really cute set. I think the point structure is okay because the bullshit catch-up round, even though it's double blank for basically triple points, it's not fully a bullshit catch-up round because y you can kind of come from behind to win, but at the same time, you could also just lose. Like, it's gonna it, it, it's basically like a speedier, faster, one-question-takes-all kind of thing, but it's not a golden snitch. You can still theoretically tie. If the game goes into 0 to 1,800, and you play and you get all the points in that final double-blank game, you can tie the game up, which I think is actually perfect amount of, like, hey, the game's not over yet. So I think someone really did try to think about it in play. Now, <clears throat> I don't like this $1,000 play for 10000 I fucking get it. But I wish it was more like a... Um, I Again, I wish there was more money at stake. I know budgets and all that shit. But what if it was like, hey, instead of you win $1,000, you just play the prize round. Like, if you get one match, you win this prize. You get two, you get that prize. And this prize, you get all three match match and 10,000 and then it's like hey if you get 4 for 4 you get those two prizes $10,000 and a brand new car something like that where it's like more variety where there is like a little bit of stakes but not so much that it's dangerous for the prize budget plus you can get a sponsored ad read which could probably help with the show 
Or just have it so it's like, um, if you get f three out of four, it's 10,000. But if you want to take a risk, one final chance, you can play for 50,000. Like a big risk. Like one, five, ten, fifty. Uh, and if you fail, that's where you're at. Like something like that would have been a little bit better. I, I feel like just the, the questions are simple enough. But they're also multi, they're open-ended enough that it, it's impossible to figure out what you want. I think the judging is the worst part of the show. Uh, I think for a lot of it is something that would be on match game would have been counted. Others would have just been confused. Uh, <clears throat> for instance, they had a, on the, on the one that's on YouTube. I watched two episodes. The one on YouTube, hey, you wanted to take me to a river bank, but you didn't take me to a river bank. You took me to a blank bank. And it was a money bank. And then the most popular answer was Wells Fargo. A Wells Fargo bank. I'm going to throw this out here because this is a pet peeve of mine. I think the problem with a lot of those shows, I think for Wells Fargo, as a as a top answer, it's fine. But I think the problem is for a lot of casting producers, when they talk to contestants, they're instructed, please don't bring up brands and all this other shit because, oh, what if the opponents are sponsors? We get in trouble. So we don't want you to say Wells Fargo because what if Chase is a sponsor or Bank of America? So when, when something like Wells Fargo is an answer to a open blank question of a bank, it, it to me, it's, it, it signals some red flags in terms of judgment and protocol. Um, I don't think I don't think even Family Feud does that. Essentially, though, it is a fine show, but it, it's to me just still a little okay. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Blank Slate. However, as far as a format is concerned, it's a pretty fun format. I think it follows the same faults as most GSN shows. Great concept, great idea, but too play-by-numbers and too static that it feels like everything's the same. It, it feels like I'm watching uh, the, the family channel in the 90s when they had Boggle the Interactive Game. Something like that. It, 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 it's fine, but it could be better. You can have a lower budget. You can have a higher budget. You can uh, go out of your way to have something more fancy. You can do something silly. I think, to me, uh, the big problem is a game show could be more. And I always, and I think this is a straightforward studio game show, but there's so much potential that they kind of just said no to. And to me, that's just the biggest fault. Um, on the current scale, I gave it a 1.75 out of 5. It's, it is match game. It's a safer, it's a safer work version of match game, if that makes sense. And to me, that's kind of loses part of the edge of Match Game, but also 
brings back the 60s match game to which that's kind of why the show tanked was it was too empty <laughs> format um Mario Lopez however is okay as a host I don't think he's a good fit he's still a good host it could to me to me Mario Lopez great actor great on extra I think he's a host host we don't really have those many host hosts anymore so I'm glad that he got a chance with Blank Slate but there were like dozens of other game shows he could have tried but um hey what can I say I, I think it's still a, a fine show it's still a game show network original so even if you don't see it now you'll see it in reruns on the game show channel on pluto in like three years it's fine give it a watch if you want to but i i wouldn't go out of my way to watch it blank slate it's fine and that is it uh other things to include, Raid the Cage is back with new episodes on CBS. It's still a fun little show. I think the more I watch it, the more I understand it. But the more my review stays of, man, if they throw a bigger budget at this and make the cage bigger and have better prizes, holy shit, this will be the next big hit. Um, additionally, Jetlag the Game is still finishing up their Arctic, M uh, Arctic Escape series on Nebula, which is great. Uh, Tom Scott from Game Garage uh, has uh, announced he's retiring from YouTube, but he's still doing the Lateral Podcast, which is this great, uh, originally based on who, what, where in Russia. They kind of have this elevated lateral thinking kind of quiz show, which I love. It's become more of like a panel show, and it's still good. So please check out Lateral if you can. Um there is going to be probably more game shows down the line that I'm throwing a blank on. Farmer Wands whole life, but... Eh. Uh, and probably a lot more in the UK. I mean, I literally just told you had a celebrity special for Christmas, which tells me a new series is on the way. Uh, the Big Fat Quiz of the Year showed up. That bombed horrifically. I didn't like it. But that's, it's just one here. Maybe the casting will get better. I just think it's just running its course. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, for me, I'm going to watch The Mole. I'm going to watch The Traders. I'm going to watch Press Your Luck. I'm going to watch Wheel of Fortune in the UK. I'm going to watch Jeopardy. <laughs> I'm going to watch... Uh, I'm probably going to watch Deal on Your Island when that comes out just out of curiosity now. Because now it's a curiosity kind of thing. At first I'm like, ugh. But now it's like a, hmm... It's like a, when you read about peanut butter and jelly hamburgers. Like, it's like, I don't want to eat a peanut butter jelly hamburger. But then you're like, but it does smell good. Hmm. <laughs> it's not really my first go, but hmm. Might be good. That, that's kind of how it feels uh, with, uh, with Deal or No Deal Island. Fantasy League is fine. I get, it's a, to me, it's just America's Got Talent best ofs again. It's a nice way to save money on budget and casting. Uh, and, of course, the voice is going to come back. Barmageddon has returned for season two. Once again, celebrities drink gross shit. And it's it's Chris Hardwick is there now. He was a guest on one episode. I still think Nikki Bella, however, is a fantastic host for that show. And I think we do underestimate certain hosts for certain shows. I think Nikki Bella is one of them. Um... So I, I just want to say, hey, they're not all going to be Wayne Brady. They're not all going to be Drew Carey. I think those two are ones that you can say are great American modern game show hosts. Ken is finding his footing now. 
Um, Kiki, once again, winning was a fantastic get. And then you have your Fox daytime shows, 25 words or less, Pictionary, uh, person, place, or thing. And I'm sure People Puzzler is going to be there. I'm sure other game shows are going to be there. Uh, that's just what that's telling me is eventually, uh, what was it that, uh, what was that letterbox from the UK? That's going to be a Fox show if we're going to go into that route. Uh, still no word yet on ridiculous on GSN, still no word on beat the bridge on GSN other than they've already filmed those episodes over a hundred. Uh, so we'll see what happens when that happens. It's still an early year. I'll probably be back next month when something happens that excites me. But that's going to be it for this week's episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Mondays will still have archives. I don't know when the next new episode will be, but hopefully you guys will stay tuned for that. And uh, be sure to check out Adam Nita, friend of the show. He has a new book. He has a new book, Gong This Book, about Chuck Barris. I was uh, I was following his journey towards the... Uh, the Chuck Bears Productions archives and holy shit, there's like thousands of things I've never known about Chuck Bears until I read the book. And folks, if you love game shows and you love the wackiness of the dating game and newlywed game, check out this. This is like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind 2, but reality. It's great. So we'll we'll see how that happens and hopefully you'll you'll see me again soon this year. Until next time. Jordan Haas, thanks for tuning in. Give it a like, whatever, comment, review on iTunes, whatever they the people do these days. And I'll see you soon. Big smooch. Mwah!